Welcome to The Spotter, a weekly podcast dedicated to the everyday challenges facing today's ministry leaders. It is necessary to stay close to someone who will challenge you to grow, do more, reach higher, and dream bigger. You should never allow yourself to be the strongest person in the room. You need a spotter. Here's your host, Jeff Wolf. Happy Thursday, everybody. I'm your spotter, Jeff Wolf. I'm here to help you lift the load with a word of encouragement from the Word of God. In the summer of 2009, I had a dream. Out of the dream, the Lord instructed me to launch a massive outreach campaign, birthed from a nine-month revival. It wasn't until recently that the Lord reminded me of that dream. I've hesitated sharing this because I've never been one to call myself a prophet. I just speak what the Lord puts in me. But after recalling this dream just a few days ago, it became clear that it has prophetic significance. Now, you can make your own judgment based on whether or not it bears witness with your spirit, but I have a directive from the Lord to share this with you. As I prayerfully consider this dream again, now 11 years later, the Lord brought me to Isaiah 61. The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is on me because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives, and release from darkness for the prisoners to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn, and provide for those who grieve in Zion, to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of joy instead of mourning, and a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. They will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of His splendor, They will rebuild the ancient ruins and restore the places long devastated. They will renew the ruined cities that have been devastated for generations. I want to talk to you for a few moments today about the spirit of despair. In this passage, Isaiah was prophesying of the coming Messiah. Jesus would stand up in the synagogue, read this prophecy, and say, Today this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing, meaning he was the one about whom the prophet Isaiah had spoken. The context in which Isaiah wrote this prophecy was the current state of the city of Jerusalem. The city had been torn down. The buildings were in ruins. The walls of the city were broken down. The Israelites were mourning the loss of their promised land. They placed ashes on their heads, sackcloth on their bodies, and shame on their faces. They grieved the judgment of God that was upon them. They were hopeless, helpless, and in despair. Isaiah's prophecy was of the Messiah, who would come under the Spirit of the Lord to give them good news, to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom to the captives, still in Babylonian captivity, and release from darkness the prisoners. Now, the prisoners in Hebrew is pekakoach. In the masculine form, it means opening of the eyes. God's people were in a prison of their own perception. Think about this. 
A prisoner does not have to be one who is physically confined to a cell, but you are a prisoner if you are confined by your own failure to see. Isaiah's prophecy declares that the Messiah would release the blind from their darkness. I'll come back to that in just a moment, okay? Isaiah goes on to prophesy that the Messiah who comes will end their mourning, wash the ashes from their head and replace it with a crown of beauty, which is a basic headdress, remove the bitter cup of mourning and give them oil, and to take the spirit of heaviness, their mantle of despair, and replace it with a mantle of praise. Despair is translated heaviness in the King James. The word Hebrew is keheh, meaning dim or dull, faded or faint or colorless. God's people were cloaked in a mantle of darkness. Their eyes were dim. Now listen to what I'm about to, sp- what I'm about to say. Despair is a spirit. The spirit of despair affects your perception. What do you see? How well do you see it? What is constantly before your eyes? What is the lens through which you view what's going on around you? A spirit of despair is what will cause men to call the truth a lie. It was a spirit of despair that caused a woman in Luke 13 to be bent over. The scripture said, on a Sabbath, Jesus was teaching in one of the synagogues, and a woman was there who had been crippled by a spirit for 18 years. Think about that. That's spirit with a small s, not spirit with a capital S. The word is pneuma, which is translated breath. A spirit was breathing on her to keep her bent over and crippled for 18 years. She was bent over and could not straighten up at all, the scripture said, when Jesus saw her. He called her forward and said, Woman, you are set free from your infirmity. Then he put his hands on her and immediately she straightened up and praised God. The same spirit that kept that woman in that bent over state has had us in a bent over state with a spirit of despair breathing on us. When she was bent over, her view never changed. Think about this. All that was in her field of view was where she stood. She couldn't straighten up enough to see where she was going. That's where we are. We are bent over by a spirit of despair. We are so brainwashed with the demonic propaganda of the here and now that it has crippled our ability to look ahead by faith. Lord, touch us that we might straighten up and see what is coming for those who seek your face. The spirit of despair will control your perception. We need a vision change. The spirit of despair has gripped our nation in the wake of many recent events that have hit us where we live. Love me or hate me, I'm going to tell you, the spirit of despair in this nation is directly connected to our perception. And our perception is being largely formed by the information we are fed. Those who know me personally know that I'm a news watcher. I like to be informed. I like to expand my view beyond the limits of the space I occupy in the world. But when the news begins to grip me, and and recently I begin to feel that spirit of despair come over me, I turned it off. And I'm telling you, I'm admonishing you also to turn it off. 
You would be surprised how your perception would change if you would deny the enemy access to your mind. A spirit of despair does not unite believers, my friends. It divides us. It's one thing for political and social issues to divide a nation, but it breaks the heart of God when a spirit of despair so grips the body of Christ that it begins to cause divide between those who are washed in the same blood. We have forgotten that this world and all the issues in it is not our home, but we are looking for a city that has foundations whose builder and maker is God. We have forgotten that we are pilgrims passing through and that the Great Commission does not flow through a divided church. This divide is caused by a spirit of despair in part. I want to share with you this dream I had in 2009. In the dream, I was in some kind of elevated train or subway car riding through a major city. I didn't have any cognizance of what city it was, but as the train slowly moved through the city, I saw destruction, broken down structures, rubble, collapsing buildings, boarded up windows, piles of brick, just widespread disaster. It's kind of like what I've seen on the news in some of our major cities. I saw no color. It was gray, dark, dingy, depressing, a haze of dust filling the air. It looked like a war zone, a city shrouded in ruin and despair. I blinked my eyes and suddenly everything changed in an instant. What I saw was suddenly a wash in bright color. The sky was blue. The grass and the trees were green. I saw every color of the rainbow embedded in this cityscape. The rubble had been cleaned up. The buildings were surrounded with scaffolding and new bricks were being laid. And there were multitudes of people busy about the work of rebuilding. It was a picture of hope and renewal. Just a few nights ago, I recalled this dream from 11 years ago and realized it was a mirror image of what I have been seeing on the news in the wake of the widespread self-destruction of our major cities. The spirit of despair that had been trying to creep in on me was suddenly replaced with hope. And the Lord spoke to me, reminded me of his word in Isaiah 61, verse 4, that I quoted just a moment ago. They will rebuild the ancient ruins and restore the places long devastated. They will renew the ruined cities that have been devastated for generations. Now, here's what I believe the Lord spoke to me about this dream. 11 years after I had it. It was not a picture of physical ruin that I was seeing, but a moral and spiritual ruin. Through the second picture of that dream, the Lord said, I am sending a spiritual awakening and renewal to broken cities. I am going to cause the scales to fall from their eyes, just as I did Saul of Tarsus on the road to Damascus. I am going to give people a new perspective. It will be one of hope, restoration, and light. He said, I'm calling my church to be ready. 
For some who call me Lord, he said, they have a perspective of the world. They are fixated on the spiritual devastation around them. But I'm calling them to renewal. He said, I have not called the church to fix the problem, for I will rebuild. But I will not rebuild with the same bricks. What I build cannot be destroyed or torn down or burned. The Lord said, I have called the church to reflect the light, but you cannot reflect the light if you are not facing the source. Arise, shine, for the light has come. The glory of the Lord has risen upon you. This word resonated in my spirit. As I've been saying for three months that this nation is about to experience a new Testament scale revival and the world will be watching. Is it any wonder that the subject of racism is at the forefront of our nation right now? The devil wants to divide this nation and the church along racial lines because he knows the prophecy of Joel in the last days. Joel said, I will pour out my spirit on all flesh, black flesh, white flesh, red flesh, yellow flesh, every nationality, every race. God will not exclude any race, nationality, people, tribe, or tongue from the imminent revival that is on the horizon. What is happening in the world today cannot be fixed by protests, riots, police, politician, acts of Congress, or even the president. Jesus is the only answer. Jesus is the only one who can bring good news. Jesus is the only one who can bind up the brokenhearted. Jesus is the only one who can free the captives. Jesus is the only one who can bring the prisoner of perception out of their prison of darkness. Jesus is the only one who can end our mourning and replace it with rejoicing. This world needs the body of Christ to be united with one message, and that is Jesus Christ, crucified, buried, resurrected, sitting at the right hand of the Father, and coming again. Be encouraged today. I pray that the Lord will lift that spirit of despair that has clouded your view and diminished your joy. I pray he'll give you strength to defeat despair, to open your eyes and see what is coming through the lens of his word. Thanks for joining me today. I hope you're encouraged. I love you, and I'll see you next time. Thank you for joining us today. Subscribe to The Spotter on any major podcast provider. Visit us at jeffwolf.org for more information and follow Jeff Wolf on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. To receive a copy of Jeff's newest project, absolutely free, 10 Reasons Why Pastors Are in Danger, text the word RESTORED to 31996. Message and data rates may apply. Remember to join us next week. Be blessed.